welcome once again to another edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I am your host, Ricky Hazel, and I'm joined today by graduate student and a veteran member of the Stetson football team, Jeremiah Nails. Jeremiah, welcome in. Hey, Ricky. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, it's a crazy time right now uh, between the virus and social issues mm-hmm. and everything going on. How have you, I mean, you're working in uh, as a graduate assistant in our academic services office. How have you been able to negotiate, A, being a student athlete, being in grad school, dealing with helping other student athletes with their academics, and and also keeping yourself safe from the virus and, and managing with the social issues? I mean, that's a lot of balls to keep in the air. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's a lot to balance, but... Being a student athlete, being an athlete all my life at that has just made it a lot easier to handle on those bigger loads of stress and when I have a lot of different things going on. So um, helping out with the students is something that I love to do. And it's easier to relate to those student athletes because I'm a student athlete myself. So it makes it easier to get them to understand what it is that we're trying to do and how we can help them. Um, going into working out, making sure that I'm staying ready for the upcoming football season. It hasn't been that hard. Just finding when I first got back, I had to find somewhere where I could go. So I go to a park and I just go there and make sure I'm getting my work in because when we come back, um, you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And then just on top of that, just time management, being a graduate assistant on top of being a student athlete, on top of being a resident assistant at school, I've balanced a lot of different things while I've been here at Stetson. So to me, it comes naturally. Uh, let's take it back to the beginning. You're from Lawrenceville, Georgia, went to Archer High School. Uh, you had obviously plenty of options for places to go to college. I mean, I know in your in your bio, Maris, Moorhead State, Kennesaw State, Mercer, UNC, Charlotte, Sanford. There were a lot of options for you. Mm-hmm. How did Stetson stand out in that pack and lead you to come to the land in Stetson? Um, the biggest thing for me was that Stetson was the first school to offer me. And that was big for me because I wanted somebody to take a chance on me, somebody who would give me an opportunity and I spent a lot of my high school career, my senior year, hurt, and I missed about half of the season. So the fact that they stuck with me even through those injuries was something that will always be close and dear to my heart. And so that was one of the biggest reasons why I came to Stetson. On top of that, their academics are one of the best academic schools in the country. And it's not a four-year decision. It's a four-year decision. I know it's cliche, but that's really how it is. Um, going to Stetson will set me up for the rest of my life and my kids for the rest of their lives. So that was one of the biggest things that mattered to me when I chose a school. So the weather is pretty good as well. You had some pretty extensive accomplishments during your time as a high school player, even though you missed your part of your season, senior season. And you also were a member of the track team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you ran ran sprints. What'd you, what'd you do? Um, I was a 400-meter runner, so okay. the 400, the 4x4. Four four. Um, if you ask my teammates and my coaches now, I'm not as fast as I used to be. So. <laughs> Age will catch up with you like yeah, that. Yeah, it will, it will. <laughs> So uh, um, one of the things from your time in high school, obviously you were a high school teammate of Nick Blakely. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your relationship with Nick and all that went on with the two of you coming here together first and then what happened once once you were here. Um, So I really met Nick when I was in middle school. So and when I was in sixth grade is when I first knew of Nick. I didn't really know him, know him. I just knew that we played in the same area. So he played for Lawrenceville and I played for Grayson at the time. And so once I got into seventh grade, I actually got to know him and we became really good friends on through our time up through high school. So as we were going through high school, we used to have classes all together because we're in the same age group. We used to have classes, lifts, practice. 
And we're just able to build a really good bond. A lot of our teammates from high school, we all built a really good bond. We're all close together. And we all spend a lot of time outside of just football, outside of just high school, just spending that time at each other's houses and getting to know each other and getting to know each other's families. And we're able to build a really good bond. I I remember going to school our senior year after football season was over. Um, You know, you're not really paying attention to what really is going on because it's your last semester. And we're just going to school playing spades. He's my spades partner. And so we really had a lot of good times. Even going into college, we played spades a lot and we were always each other's partners. So um, just we both made the decision that we wanted to stick together and go to the same school. And it was an opportunity for him to also show himself as well as me and just show what Archer is capable of capable of as well. I know you guys both redshirted in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much did you, did uh, having the two of you together help you get through that year of not playing and just practicing? Um, Nick was, a, Nick is a very motivating person. He influences people to do better. And not only him, but JJ as well. J, uh, JV and Henderson, he redshirted with us as well. And we're all a really tight group of three. And we just made sure that we're all pushing each other to keep grinding and keep being the best that we could be because our time was going to come. Um, even going back to our high school days, when we first came in, we didn't really play right away. So we were used to waiting for the right time to come and just being patient and just trusting the process. And we were able to do that. I wish Nick could have got to play and show, showcase what he had. But I, I try to do that every single time that I go out on the field and try to live his legacy on through me. So you're getting ready for the 2017 season. You know it's your opportunity to play after sitting out and then the tragedy of Nick's passing. Mm-hmm. How did that impact you? I mean, obviously it impacted the entire team, the entire university, but how did it impact you being probably the person closest to him? Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, it was a really tough time for me, um, not just with Nick, but the previous year, my freshman year, I had lost my youngest brother as well. And so to deal with both of those tragic losses back to back, I was really going through a lot. Um, just trying to stay afloat, making sure that my grades were taken care of, making sure that I was still playing football, making sure that I was pushing myself. Um, I will say that the football team is a very big family, and I'm for, forever indebted to them because they they supported me through a lot when I was there. Um, they supported me. They they still support me now. Just being there whenever I needed a shoulder to cry on, or when I need, when I needed someone to lean on, or just helping me to keep my head up. Because I know for there was a small point in time when I every time that you saw me, my head was down. Uh, I was I I won't, I won't say that I was depressed, but I was just really going through a, a stage which I really didn't know how to cope with at the time. So just having people to not not really just talk to, but someone to just sit there while I was just going through, I was going through, and having those people that I could depend on. Yeah, grief is just is really difficult to deal with, especially when you get a double barrel like that. But mm-hmm. what I remember from from Nick, and I didn't get the chance to spend much time with him, was that he had that infectious smile. Mm-hmm. It was it was he always had it. It was always going. Talk about his personality and and how he could light up a room like that. Yeah, Nick's smile was very infectious. Um, he he's in general, even not with the smile, he was just an infectious person. He always made you want to do more or want to be better. And then on top of that, he was a very competitive person. So we used to, we used to argue, <laughs> but yeah. we were roommates. So we used to have arguments about, oh, whose TV is bigger? Um, who could play the volume on their TV the loudest when we were both trying to watch something different? So we, we competed a lot, whether it's playing video games, going outside, doing one-on-ones, seven-on-sevens or anything like that. Nick just always made you want to be a better person. 
So you you mentioned losing a brother as a freshman. You're you're one of four four boys in the family, right? Well, that he would have been our my fifth brother. Fifth brother. Okay, so you got four three living brothers. So five boys yeah. in the house. That uh, your mom's got to be sainted for uh, having to deal with five boys in the house at one time. Yeah. <laughs> no, we take care of her. We make sure that she's good. Um, it's always nice to have a woman's touch around the house, making sure that everybody stays on their P's and Q's. So I, I love my mom. I love my brothers. Um, I love Major, who was the brother that I lost. Love my dad. We, we, we're a tight-knit family. They always, they always come to my games, and they make sure that I'm, that I'm taken care of as well. Now, who's the most athletic of the bunch? Um, growing up, I would have said my brother Randy, which is my uh, – he's a year older than me. But now I would say that it would be me. Um, it's been a couple of years since he's played any ball, so I, I I like me over him. Now he played at Kennesaw State, right? Yeah. So what kind of career did he have up there? Um, well, his career kind of ended short. He just um just wasn't able to keep it going up there, so he right. he wound up coming back and just working started to work early on. Now you had a cousin uh, Devonta Freeman who played mm-hmm. with the Falcons. Yep. And another cousin uh, Jamie Nails who played with yep. the Dolphins. So yep. obviously a football family. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, how does how does that? I mean, do you did you stay in touch with those guys? They encourage you any as you were coming up? Um, growing up, I didn't really know them that much. I met I met both of them at least once. So I met Jamie down in Baxley, Georgia, which is South Georgia, and I got to meet him. He's very very big guy, a very big guy. And, yeah. and Devontae Freeman was playing in Atlanta with the Falcons when I was coming up through high school. So he came down to the school and spent some time with us down there as they did the hard knocks for the Atlanta Falcons that year. They actually had it at our um, high school stadium. Oh, wow. So we got that was a very, a very intriguing um, experience. And we got to meet him. We, we know all the family. The family comes to some of my, some of my games as well. Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together. Now, one of the things that's in your bio is uh, your nickname, Optimus Prime. Where did that come from? Um, When I was in high school, it's not my nickname now, but when I was in high school, I was a big um, Calvin Johnson fan. Okay. His nickname was Megatron. So at the time, I wanted something that was similar to what he had. And I used to go up and I used to take the ball from people, which I still have that ability now if you go and watch some of the film. Um, but I chose the nickname Optimus Prime, and that's what people were calling me. So what do they call you now? Um, I got a couple of different nicknames now. So um, I've been here the longest out of any player that's on the football team. So, you know, some of them call me Granddad. Uh, <laughs> some of them call me um, 4LJ or J4. Or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, who were your role? I mean, obviously, you grew up in a family with a, a bunch of athletes, but you had to have some role models growing up. Who were who were some of your role models? Um, in life, I would say my dad. Just in life, because my dad didn't go to college, but he's worked so hard to make sure that we've been put through college. He helped put my mom through college, and he's just worked. He's worked his behind off, and it showed me the type of work ethic that I need to be successful. And then if we're talking about football-wise, my favorite player, my biggest role model when it comes to football and playing receiver would be Anquan Bolden. Um, I think that's who I, I'm built like, who I play like, and I have the same type of mentality that he has. And I, I like my hands just like I like his hands. And I model my game after him as I've grown up. Now, was it always football or did you do other things? I know you ran track, but... Um, I ran track. I, I played basketball when I was younger, which was probably my favorite sport coming up. 
but I just happened to, I, I was really good at football and I spent a lot of my time into football. I, mm-hmm. If I would have spent more time in basketball, another sport, I probably could have done pretty well at that. But my dad was big on us playing football. Um, he, I mean, countless hours from what I can remember, just football, 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 and just going out there grinding, making sure that we we're doing what we had to do to be the best that we could possibly be. Now you're going in your fifth year at Stetson. You're mm-hmm. in your second year of grad school. So that means yep. you graduated in three years. How? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously – being a student athlete is challenging enough because of yeah. all the time that you have to spend doing it. But pile on that accelerated academic schedule and you couldn't have had much time for a social life. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that. I, I think my social life didn't really suffer. Um, as I said, being a student athlete, I've learned how to manage a lot of different things at one time. So just going through high school, I had a plan coming in that I was going to take summer classes, which I took summer classes every summer while I was at Stetson. And then I took an additional class during the spring. So I was taking five classes when the average student takes four. So I was able to speed up my um, process a little bit quicker. And I didn't really think that I was going to be able to graduate in three years. I thought it was going to take me three and a half. Now I'll be a December graduate and then use a year and a half to work on grad school and still continue to play ball. But my advisor, who was very helpful to me while I was here, um, Dr. Nicholson, She helped me and helped me to see how I could finish it in three years. And so that way I could do two years of grad school and finish up my degree as I finish up playing football. I know you were a sport business undergrad major. You're in the Mm -hmm. MBA program. What led you to want to work in academic services? Is that, is that something that you want to do as a career? Um, I'm not sure if it was, if it's something that I want to, I would want to do as a career, but I know um, being a graduate assistant and getting the opportunity to work back with the student athletes and give back to those same people that, that I grew, that I grew with the sure. same people that came in with me, they just graduated this past year. So being able to work with them and to see them finish out their goals and their growth and just being able to be a part of that was something that was very dear to me. Um, on top of that, I just, I enjoy the experience of getting to work in athletics because I could have went and got a graduate assistantship somewhere on the academic side or somewhere else, but being able to come back and work in athletics, I get to see how all the different parts of athletics work. And I get to develop a respect for everyone who puts in so much work into helping our student athletes be successful. So I know um, you've, you've spent a lot of your time, at least early on, uh, volunteering Red Cross with your church. Why mm-hmm. is that important? And what are some of the things you've been involved with volunteering wise while you've been at, at Stetson? Um, to me, volunteering is something that's very, that, that you need to do. Um, you always want to give back. We, we live in the United States, which is, a very, which is a very privileged country. So you have people out in Africa and Ethiopia and all these other different places that are struggling in their third world countries. So to me, being able to give back to the, to the needy is something that is very dear to me. I'm very big on my faith. I'm a Christian and Jesus said to give back to his people if, if they need something then to be able to give back. And that's something that I want to do. I want to be the perfect Christian that I could be, even though we're not all perfect. I just want to strive to be that. Um, while I've been here, I've went to multiple elementary schools, read books to children, went outside, played with the children. Um, I do the, um, the Me Strong race every year right. go out there as those people run around making sure that they get some beads or water or whatever it is that they need just so they can be motivated to continue pushing through that day. Football wise, you lose, you, you, had, a, you had a great year last year, especially toward the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You've been PFL academic honor roll four times. You, you were captain in 18. 
You weren't a captain last year. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a captain again in 20. What happened in you know in 18 that where you didn't get that role again as as a last season? Um, I think I just had some some growth that I needed to do. Um, being able to to me being a captain in 2018, I was the youngest captain that Stetson has had. And to be able to go through that experience and then to take a year back from being captain, even though I wasn't a captain, I was still leader of the team. Sure. So I, it just, it's just a role. It's, it's just a title. Being a leader, it doesn't change at all. But being able to step back and being able to see what it is that I could fix or try to um, make better in myself as, as I went through this past year and then having the opportunity to apply that this upcoming year, especially in the situation that we're in, it's going to take a lot of leadership and we, and we're going to have to work together in order to make the best out of this season. Obviously last year was your best year. You had 21 catches, 204 mm-hmm. yards, uh, scored four touchdowns. You had a big game against Dayton. First time Stetson had ever beaten Dayton. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a uh, big game against Jacksonville, second straight win over the, you know, the rival. Yeah. Um, where, where did you see your game flourish more last year? Um, I think – um, as I said, just being patient and waiting on my opportunity, um, I think that played a big part. And then just coaching. The coaching was unbelievable last year. Um, it's, it's been unbelievable each year, but being able to have Coach Fax and having him, Coach Clayton, and just working to make the system a lot easier to grasp for us and making sure that we're working on different things that DBs don't really realize. So just making sure that we're able to take advantage of what we have and to work towards my specific body type. As I said, I'm not the fastest, but I'm a very strong physical receiver. So just making sure that I'm working on the different things that I can do to help me be a better receiver and just being able to separate and get myself open for those. Now, receiver is one of the positions where question marks this year, you're one of the only guys really that with a lot of experience coming back, we losing Steve Burdett, who was mm-hmm. hurt a lot last year, which gave some guys some experience, but a lot of young guys, Connor Becker, Justin yeah. uh, Curtis, some of those young guys. Um, how do you see your your role in that in that room to get those guys ready? And you're going to have even more young guys that are going to show up here. Yeah, well, I mean, last year they played. We had a lot of young guys that played a lot, so they got they got some experience, especially with the red shirt, where you can still play in four games. I know when I first came in, they didn't have that rule. All right. So when you set out that first year, you didn't get any experience on the field or anything like that. But now with that rule being in place and the freshmen getting a lot of time to play, or the younger guys getting a lot of time to play. I believe that we have a very deep room and I believe that a lot of guys are ready, but as a leader, it's just my job to make sure I'm holding those, those guys accountable and holding myself accountable as well and making sure that we're pushing ourselves, make sure that we're working as hard as we possibly can. So that way when the season comes and when we get put into positions, we can thrive. GoHatters.PhotoShelter.com is your one-stop shop for all of the most memorable moments from your favorite Stetson teams. Game day and event photos are available for purchase directly on the website. Show your Stetson pride and log on to GoHatters.PhotoShelter.com to get your photos today. Now, throughout your career, you've had Colin McGovern and Gavin DiFilippo throwing the ball out, and Mm -hmm. those guys are proven commodities. You know what they are. Alex Piccarelli now is the the new man at that position. What uh, kind of relationship do you have with him? What do you see from his future? He showed bright flashes when he got a chance last year. Yeah, I, I like Alex Piccarelli. I believe he has all the potential in the world and that he can be great. Um, my relationship with Alex is we've worked together a lot, especially since um, he's only a year younger than I am. So we spent a lot of time here in the program together, um, getting out, running routes, doing one-on-ones, practice, a bunch of different things. 
I know there there were times last year when he was on the field with me, and I just I'm excited to see what he does with his opportunity. So you missed out on spring ball. That's that's yeah. one of the times where guys can make the biggest jump and improvement is during those 15 practices in the spring. How do you make up for that loss of time, especially for the young guys? For the older guys, maybe not as big an impact, but for some of those younger guys, that's a huge loss. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is just making sure that we're staying in communication with each other and just working out, making sure that we're running routes, working on our skills. But not only that, but also sending that to your other teammates, your other your fellow receivers, so that way they can critique you and help you understand what it is that you can do to be better. Because that's one of the biggest things that happens in spring ball is other people get to see how you're doing. They get to see what you're doing, give you tips, ideas on what you can do better. And I believe that we just got to keep doing that even though it may be virtually, even though we're not in person, we just have to keep doing that. And we can't let that phase us. That's something that we can't control. So we can't worry about what we can't control. We just got to control what we can. And if we do that, we'll be perfectly fine when the season starts. Now, how has the team communicated during this time where, I mean, it's going on four months now where you've really been apart. How have you kept the closeness and the communications and how have you kept preparation to get ready for the season? Um, so we've done a lot of Zoom meetings to just make sure that we're going over a playbook, make sure that we're staying sharp, that we're on top of what we need to be on top of. So we've had our coaches. We've um, had meetings with just players just to get to talk and just to keep building that bond because that's one of the biggest things is not being in person as much. You don't get to spend as much time with your team. Sure. So making sure that we keep building that bond. We've had some team meetings just to talk and just express ourselves and just get to see each other because a lot of people aren't getting to see each other right now. So just having that. And then on top of that, um, we've got teams within the team. So the captains and lieutenants, they have their own section of the teams where you stay in contact with those guys and make sure that they're working out, holding them accountable. And that makes it work for our system. I know when I interviewed uh, Coach Hughes for the podcast earlier, uh, we talked a lot about the culture and developing the mm -hmm. culture within the program. How have you seen this cult, the culture of this program evolve from where it was frankly, after Nick's death to, to where it is now? Um, I think the biggest thing is, well, I, would, I wouldn't even say that it was 100% after Nick's death, but that first year that I was here, um, we, had some, we had some people who weren't completely bought in. And so to have Nick out there, and when, once we had Nick and the situation happened, I believe that that brought the team closer and that people were able to see how much they could help each other, how much they needed each other, and how much they could support each other. So I know that when we were in a lot of those games that year, we didn't quit. We didn't quit in any of those games, mm -hmm. even though we may have lost. We didn't have – I think we went 2-9 and nine that year. And even though we went 2-9, and nine, there was a lot of games that were one-score games or one-play games, which we could have easily been 6-5 and five or 7-4. and four. Right. So the fact that we didn't quit when we came in next year, and we, we had a great season. We had another great season last year. And just the, we became a closer team. We became a family. Um, we hold each other accountable. We make sure that we're doing the right things. Coach Hughes always has these books that he has us read. So you had extreme ownership, um, the best ship, the best ship um, with the Navy, and just going through those different books that Coach Hughes has had us read has just been it, it's been a helpful way to help us understand what it is that the great teams do to be better, and we can apply those for ourselves in the way that we need to. Yeah, I think there were three games during that 2017 season that were decided on the last play of the game. Mm -hmm. and and you lost all three of them. And in the last yeah. two years, there have been four or five of those kind of games the last yeah. two years, and you've won them all. Yeah. Now, how much of that do you think the growth from that 17th season helped you get through and win those games? I mean, the Drake game up there at yeah. their place, that's, <laughs> you know, nobody will ever forget that. No. 
Um, I mean, we just, we've been through a lot of adversity as a team. So, and, and it's been on a way more major scale than what football just is. So when we go out there and we're playing football, we, we've suffered through so much and we struggled through so much that when those moments come, we're prepared. And that's what's been the difference in helping us to get through those obstacles when they arrive. So how have uh, you personally been in fact, impacted by the coronavirus? How has uh, you know, conditioning and, and your ability to get out and do things, how has that been impacted by this virus? Um, I would say just not being able to be together as a team. I, to me, working out together is one of the biggest things that I enjoy. It helps you to push yourself and to keep and to push the pace as well. When you're running, when you're running by yourself, when you're just working by yourself, you're working at just your own pace. We have someone when you have someone who's pushing you to do more, right. that that helps a lot, especially for me. I'm a very plan oriented person who I like to have a plan and someone who's pushing me and making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So just making so while we're just working on our own right now, it's just making sure that we're holding ourselves accountable, making sure that we're pushing ourselves. I know um, I've had to go back and forth with my mom a little bit about let me leave the house, <laughs> so going to the park has been one of the biggest things that I do. It allows me to get out in the sun every day instead of just sitting in the house. Um, it allows me to get out there and work um, and just to, to be alive, just not just be sitting in the house all day. So the weight room is obviously one of the biggest, most mm-hmm. important things for football and guys don't have access to weight rooms right now. So yeah. how are you managing workouts? How are you being inventive to get the workouts in you need working with weights? I mean, obviously for a receiver, it's about conditioning and, and speed yeah. and, and uh, agility, but you know, you gotta, you gotta be strong enough to, get those defensive backs off of you and for the interior linemen, especially, I mean, they've got to, they got to be in there slinging weight around. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for, for specifically for me, um, coming up through high school, we had a home gym. So I still have that. Um, I use that to work out. We have a couple different things. Um, we have some of those karate dummies where I can work on getting my release and stuff off or just doing some pull-ups or push-ups, um, a lot of ab workouts and just making sure that I'm doing those and then sharing those with my teammates. So that way, if they don't have, a home gym or a home gym or anything like that, they can do those same workouts. So that way it helps to push them as well. Have you heard from other guys on how they're managing to get their lifting in? Yeah. So um, a lot of people, it's, it's very shocking it's, uh, or not really shocking because we're all athletes and we've all been athletes for a while, but a lot of people have those home gyms that they had self-made and that's been one of the biggest ways that they do it. Um, I, I've seen, I have seen a couple of creative things. I've seen guys go out, um, Justin Curtis, for instance, bench pressing, rocks and um, doing different things like that. So it's definitely been interesting to see how everybody works out and making sure that they're working together. Yeah. I'm doing curls with concrete blocks and things yeah. like that. <laughs> so uh, who are some of the people who have helped you get where you are? You talked about your dad, but who are some of the other people who have helped you get to where you are right now in your, in your life as a football player and as a, as a student and a, and a young professional? Um, I would say um, my older brother, Randy, um, he's he's another one of my bigger role models because um, as the older brother in our house, he's been sort of the guinea pig and he's had to go through a lot of different things. So I've gotten to see how he went through those situations. And I I'm not a very big learn by going through it person because I don't want to make those same mistakes. Sure. Very big learn by watching and seeing what that person did and then incorporating my own piece of what they did with another piece of something that I've seen before and making sure that I use that to get the best possible outcome. So he's been, he's been very helpful with me for that. Um, he doesn't really play ball anymore, but he's been out there working out with me and making sure that I'm pushing myself. So that's been very helpful. 
And then I'll also say that Coach Hughes has been one of my biggest role models because um, he's just helped me to grow as a person. He's helped me become a leader. When I was in high school, I was never a team captain. And now I'm a two-time team captain here. And that's because Coach Hughes has helped me to unlock this leadership portion of me inside of myself and helped me to grow in that area. And he's just helped me not only just football-wise, but as a man to become a better person and to just grow and be able to help my teammates and learn how to help back in the community and everything. He just teaches you how to be a man, not just a football player. Hey, you mentioned you don't like um, learning by mistake. So yeah. what are some of the things you wish you had known coming in that you know now? Um, just to be more patient um, coming in. I, I had been a bit patient, but I could be when I growing up, I was a very emotional kid. So if I, if something wasn't going my way, I get angry or I, as a little kid, throw temper tantrums or something oh. like that, or just have an attitude. So just being here has helped me to grow in that. Um, everything in life isn't going to work out the way you want it to work. Life is not fair. So just being able to be patient, understand that your time is coming and just being able. The other thing that I would say is just the experience of just being an older guy coming in. I didn't know too much, but just being here over the time, I've learned so much more and I'm able to teach my younger, my younger teammates the same exact things that I, that I wish I would have known um, coming in as well. When your travels take you to DeLand, count on Hampton Inn and Suites DeLand to deliver value, consistency, and thoughtful service. Ask about our new premium rooms. Book your next day in advance and save up to 15% off the already great rates. You mentioned earlier J.J. Henderson, who mm-hmm. I know is a guy that is a bundle of energy and yeah. and uh, comic relief, I'm sure, a lot of times. So who, <laughs> along with J.J., who are some of the funnier guys on the team and who are some guys that uh, – Keep everything light and and uh, and moving along in the locker room. Um. Well, I was I would personally say every single person in the wide receiver room is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of our meetings are are pretty hilarious, coach facts included, and we just have a good time. But I mean, just the just the team in general. Everybody tries to keep it light. Everybody tries to have fun. Um, coach Clayton is one of the more funny guys just because of the way that he the way that he goes about himself. Um, whether it's coming to practice in long socks or something like that. <laughs> So that's pretty funny. Um, Coach Hughes, Coach Hughes is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> he's a little corny, but uh, it's funny when he does it. Um, so just being able to see each other out there and just being able to have fun, if you just take everything so serious, just, you're not going to get the passion out of it that you want to. So just being able to have fun and then knowing when to be serious as well, just being able to do all that together has been, it's been a heck of a ride. And Coach Watt is definitely, definitely funny. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned Coach Hughes. Uh, describe for us his dance moves in the locker rooms after a win. <laughs> you do not want to see that. <laughs> Coach Hughes has no rhythm. <laughs> he, he gives it a go, though, every yeah, time. Yeah, he does. He does. A, a plus for effort. <laughs> so uh, what's been the highlight of your time at Stetson so far? Um, The highlight of my time at Stetson would be I mean, we've had a lot of different things going on, but just to be able to watch how this team has grown since I've came in um, just to be, be able to see how we could push a team that was two and nine to being to winning eight games, seven games, making sure that we're just pushing ourselves to be the best possible team that we can be. Um, we've had some games, as, as you mentioned, the Dayton game, which is the first time we ever beat them. Right. Um, it was just to, to be in that atmosphere when it was just a complete team win. It wasn't just one person did something. It was literally every single part, whether it was offense, special teams, coaching, defense, Every single person was on point. 
And to me, a game like that is way more important than if I had anything that was just individually just my own. To me, the, the team success working all together and just being able to come in and execute the game plan that we've instilled all week, it, it was the energy that, that came from that game was just remarkable. So what accomplishment personally are you most proud of during your time at Stetson? Um, I would just say graduation. Um, to me, graduating was one of the biggest things um, for me. As I mentioned, my dad didn't go to college. My mom, she didn't go to college right away. She went to college um, a little bit later while we were here. And so just being able to be the first, the first one in my household to go straight through um, high school, through college, and just be able to keep pushing myself and making sure that I'm making my parents proud, making my brothers proud, and trying to set that, set that example for them has been the biggest accomplishment for me. And not only college, but now grad school. Yeah. So um, in your time at Stetson, you've recorded the first ever win over Jacksonville, the first mm -hmm. ever win over Drake, the first ever win over Butler, the first ever win over Dayton. There's still one more out there. Yeah. There, and obviously to get to where you want to go, which is a conference championship, you got to go through San Diego. What, yep. where, where does this team need to be to beat that team? Um, we just have to, we just have to focus on ourselves. Um, we've had a lot of times when we played them where we've made mistakes on ourselves and that's, what's been the cost of our games. That's been every, a lot of the games that we have lost has been because of ourselves. So we just have to focus on ourselves, take each game one by one. Um, coach always says one note each week. So we can't get too worried about San Diego right now. We have to just be focused on going to practice, making sure that we're, that we're present where our feet are is what, um, the coaches always tell us and just making sure that we're working to get better that day. And if we take care of what we got to do that day and we take care of what we have to do the next day, then once we get to the weekend, we have to play one of those teams, then we'll get the result that we'll want. You've talked about, you know, wanting to make your family proud, but what else motivates you to, to be successful? Um, I'm, I'm a big competitor. So to me, just being out there and having that opportunity, whether it's, whether it's in football or whether it's just in life, um, just being being a competitor helps me to push myself because I, I don't only think about myself competing with other people. I compete with myself sure. and I, I want to be a better version tomorrow of what I am today. And so just being able to do that and making sure that I'm competing with myself always helps me to push myself farther. You mentioned some of the books that uh, Coach Hughes has had you guys reading. Mm -hmm. What are some of the what are some of the books that you've read recently that you really liked and who are some of your favorite authors? Because I know you're um, I know you're doing that. Well, I haven't really been reading much. Um, I've been pretty busy with work, working out. Um, I took, I've taken a summer class, which just ended a week ago. So I've been pretty busy going through those different things. Um, I don't really have a big, a big author that I'm big on right now. I know growing up, I used to read a lot of books, um, whether it was the Harry Potter books or with Jake right. Rowling or anybody else such as that. Um, I'm very big on mysteries. That's one of my favorite things, um, whether it comes to TV shows or whether it comes to books as well. Talk about what, what are some of your most treasured childhood memories growing up in Lawrenceville? Um, my most treasured childhood memories, um, I would say when I was in middle school, um, I, that's when I really, I really had a big love for basketball. And me and three other guys won the tournament, the March Madness tournament at the school. And that was one of the, that was a big accomplishment for me because a lot of people didn't think I could play basketball. So being able to go out there and win against people who are actually on the basketball team was one of the biggest accomplishments for me. Do you have any game day superstitions? Um, game day superstitions. 
I, I have to eat Chick-fil-A in the morning before a game. That's one of my biggest things. I have to have that before the game. Gotcha. And then after that, I mean, just going out there, I don't really talk to, I don't really talk much on game days. Yeah. So just before, beforehand, I just try to focus and get in my zone and make sure that I stay in my zone as we're getting prepared. And then once, once it's time to go, I'm locked and loaded and it's time, it's time to go bust some heads. How hard is it to focus in the locker room pregame when there's music pumping and guys are getting the, cause a lot of people get jacked up for a game in different ways. So how do you zone in and focus? Um, I just put my headphones in and I play my music as loud as I can. Um, probably bust the eardrum or something, but um, I'm focused. I'm ready to go. Um, sometimes I like to go out a little bit beforehand and just walk around and just stand out in the sun or whatever, whatever the weather is and just look around and just see the stadium in, it, in itself and just visualize what I'm going to be doing before the game starts or when, once the game starts. And then once I get into the game, I just manifest it. So, uh, you know, professional wrestlers, when they come to the ring, they've got their walk-up music. What's your walk-up music? <laughs> um, I don't think I particularly have one walk-up song. I know I play a lot of different music while I'm preparing for a game. So whether it's Drake, which is just so I can think about Nick before I get ready for my games, because Nick was a huge Drake fan. Gotcha. So playing some Drake or playing some 21 Savage or Lil Baby, um, those are a lot of my favorite artists. So just listening to them before I get into a game is really helpful for me. Now, how do you like to spend your time away from school and away from sports? How do you relax? Um, video games. Video games is one of my biggest stress relievers. Sometimes it can cause stress. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> no question. Um, that's one of my biggest stress relievers. So just being able to sit back, um, talk to somebody, especially when we're back at school, and I'm just in my room being able to talk to some of my friends who are back home or talking to my brothers who are back home. I have a lot of family who plays Xbox. So we're always on Xbox, just talking to each other, getting to know how everybody's doing. And that's one of the biggest things for me. So what do you play? What games do you play? Um, 2K, Madden. I can't be beat. So <laughs> I'll play anybody. Um, I also play Call of Duty. And then recently I played a little bit of UFC and boxing just to – just to work out some of the aggression that you don't get to use because we haven't been hitting each other in a while. So Sure. You didn't get into the Fortnite fray, uh, craze, did uh, you? I did play Fortnite for a minute, but um, Call of Duty came out with a new with a new um, game mode, and that's been the biggest thing for me. So who's the most famous person you've ever met? The most famous person I've ever met – well, I actually – I used to work at the Daytona International Speedway. Okay. You get a lot of celebrities there when the Daytona 500 comes around. So sure. I met LaDainian Tomlinson. I met Rob Gronkowski. Um, I met Waka Flocka. Um, I met I met a lot of a lot of famous people working there. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. Let's uh, Actually, talk I have a picture. I have a picture of Rob Gronkowski as well. Nice. Florida Orthopedic Associates is proud to support Stetson University Athletics. Don't let pain affect your game. For sports injuries, sprains, fractures, and breaks, if it hurts, see them first at their Orange City Walk-In Clinic for urgent orthopedic injuries. Offices are located at Deland, Orange City, Lake Mary, and New Smyrna Beach. Florida Orthopedic Associates, state-of-the-art care, close to home. So let's talk a little bit about society today and all yeah. the things that are going on. Obviously, you're up in the Atlanta area, and Atlanta, Atlanta is a kind of a hotbed right now. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about the social justice issues that are going on. How has it impacted your life? How do you see the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement from your eyes? And, and uh, you know, what are the things that this, this country needs to do to get better? I mean, it's we're in a, we're in a bad place. We need to figure out how to get better. Um, the biggest thing for me is growing up, 
I've seen a lot of stuff firsthand. I've had people who drove by while I was just playing football in the front yard with a group of friends and they yell out different things, derogatory things, um, and just say things like that when there's no reason for it. It's just, sure. it's insensible. And there's no, I don't, I don't understand why. Um, it's just, I know even going down to Stetson, my mom was afraid of me going down there, especially after the whole Trayvon Martin thing that happened down in Sanford. So just, um, growing up, I've seen, I've seen a lot of it firsthand. Um, just now, I think, especially with social media being so present, I think it's a lot more out there and people can see what's going on. And I, I believe we do have to do better as a country. We, we have to. And we have to make sure that we not only are holding people accountable when those things happen, but making sure that we educate the people who are ignorant to what's going on or who have no clue about what it is that's going on. I know, especially in the NFL, a lot of people thought that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling because of the flag, but it had nothing to do with that. Right. He was kneeling because of the human rights that go behind it. And it says that all men are created equal and they haven't, everybody hasn't been treated equal. And so I, now a lot of people in the NFL are being educated who may not have known or just blatantly just decided not to look that way. A lot of people have turned a blind eye. So just making sure that we hold each other accountable, um, making sure that people are voting. That is one of the biggest things, voting to get somebody who will speak on your, who will advocate on our behalf right. in office. Because if we don't advocate for people, on our, if we don't advocate and get people to advocate on behalf of us, then we will never have a voice. And so making sure that we do that and then just continue to just, we have to keep the conversation going. Um, I know in the past when these things have happened, um, there, there's outrage for a week or so, and then it just dies back down and people go back to their regular lives. We have to keep the conversation going now because if we let this happen again, then the next time that this gets brought up is the next time that somebody dies. It's the next time that police, uh, police brutality happens. And that just can't happen. We have to try to be proactive instead of reactive. One of the one of the things that has come out of this whole movement is that student athletes across the country have kind of found their voice in yeah. this whole matter. How do you feel about the way some student athletes are using that voice, and and how should they be? I mean, what should they be doing? I mean, you're you're a student athlete, you're a man of color, you 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 have the same voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the things you want to see happen? Um, I I think that student athletes and the athletes in general um, should just continue to use their voice. I I believe that. There, that if we don't speak up, then people will just think that it's okay for it to just keep happening. And, and with us speaking up and with a lot of the people speaking up, especially those bigger names that have a bigger platform, it helps to bring light to the situation and make people see what is actually going on. We've had people in different countries who, who don't even live in America who are protesting right. because people have spoken about it and gotten it out into the open for everyone to see. And we haven't seen that in, in a long time. So just being able to use our voices and making sure that people understand what's going on. And then to, I, I believe, especially with football, we live in a, we, we have a very diverse culture because it's a bunch of different guys from a bunch of different backgrounds, right. um, economic statuses, uh, so, social statuses and different races and ethnicities. They all come together and they work together for a common goal. And if we could get America to work just like that, America would be fine. But America doesn't work like that because a lot of people don't think that way. And right. that, that's what I would hope to see. But we have a lot of work to do before we get to that point. Yeah, one of the things in my life is I've worked in college athletics so long. And, and being in college athletics, I mean, the field of competition is a great equalizer. Yeah. And, and, and being successful in the field is colorblind. You either mm-hmm. can do it or you can't do it. 
So, you know, having not grown up in in your situation or been been where you are, I have no way to connect to that because, you know, my experience is colorblind in athletics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, as long as you can you can produce on the field and win games, I don't care if you're green with purple polka dots. I yeah, mean, it's it's it's, and so. I guess I guess the challenge, I guess, is how to make the rest of the world see the way we in athletics see the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can we do that? How I mean, how can we get make that happen? We just have to keep voicing our opinions. Um, if everybody just keeps talking about it and it doesn't go away, we got to make sure that it doesn't go away because as soon as it goes away, everybody will just turn a blind eye. And and like I said, it won't. We won't say anything else until it happens again. So we just have to keep making sure that we stay on top of this, make sure that we keep the communication going, the conversation going, making sure that, especially on our college campuses, um, as student athletes, when we see regular students who may do something that may go against what we're trying to accomplish, we have to make sure that we check that and that we hold them accountable because it's not only those students' campus, it's, it's our community. And for every, every single college in America, every single student athlete that has a voice, to make sure that they're holding everybody else accountable. Because if we're not holding people accountable, they're just going to think that it's okay. One of the things I think about holding people accountable in this whole movement is, is the people who are in this movement, not for change, but in creating chaos. Yeah. People that are looting and, and trashing neighborhoods and, and destroying businesses. I mean, that's the biggest hurdle to me of the whole movement is how do you, how do you call out those people and, and and as you say, keep the movement moving, but get those people out of the way because they're to me they're interfering with the movement. Yeah, they 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 definitely are because it damages the message that that people are trying to portray and that they're trying to get across. So I'm just whenever you see somebody who is who's doing that, who's looting or just doing something that just doesn't help with the message, you have to make sure that you call them out um, pictures or anything that can help to make sure that people know, hey, this is the person that's doing that. And it's not these people. I know we've seen that a lot, especially here in Atlanta. Um, they a lot. Of, they were saying that just a lot of African-Americans were just sitting there just looting through a whole bunch of stuff or starting riots when in the in the actuality, that wasn't the case. Correct. And so you had. um People, people from different colors who, who just were starting things and just wanted to make it look as though the African-Americans were the one doing it because they were angry. And that's just not right because it damages the message that we're trying to get across. Um, and I'm not going to say that all African-Americans are just perfect because we're not. Um, you have some African-Americans who are out here looting as well. And we just have to check that and make sure that we're holding them accountable as well. Right. Right. You know, it's one of those things that you know, you, everybody wants to strive to have a better world. And, you know, you're always going to have those bad actors. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure out how to get the bad actors out of the way so we can all get better. Yeah. All right. Let's lighten things up. Let's go through. I got a few quick hitter questions that we can okay. go through. Uh, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Favorite breakfast cereal? I would either have to go um, Frosted Flakes or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. They're about even for me. Who's your favorite cartoon character? Favorite cartoon character? Um, Scooby-Doo was was my favorite growing up. Favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? Static Shock. Static Shock. That's not yes. what I've heard. Who, uh, <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Um, if I could have one superpower... It would probably be um, the ability to travel back in time just so I could get to spend some time with those people who I've lost in my life. What's your guilty pleasure? Um, guilty pleasure. Um, I, I mean, I'm a big snacker. I like, I like to eat a lot. So. <laughs> so what's your favorite kind of cookie? 
Uh, favorite kind of cookie would either have to be chocolate chip or snickerdoodle. Are you a PC or Mac person? Um, PC. PC. Uh, where would you want to go for a dream vacation? Um, honestly, I have not traveled much um, with, with football. I spend a lot of time just working out. If I do travel, it's because there's a camp there or something like that. Right. Um, but I would definitely love to take a trip out to somewhere in Europe, possibly Spain, and just be able to um, get to see how that culture is, how, how the scenery is there. Who was your celebrity crush on when you were 12? When I was 12, celebrity crush. Um, I probably had a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say probably Megan Good or Lauren London. Okay. Who's your favorite movie or movies? Um, movies. I was, I would definitely put Fruitvale Station up there, which is, um, a story about Oscar Grant, which is a real life story just made into a movie. I would definitely advise a lot of people to go watch that. Okay. Um, it, it speaks to police brutality as well and helps people to see that. Um, a movie that I like that recently came out was 21 Bridges with Chadwick Boseman, which was really good. And then um, Coach Carter. That was one of my favorite movies, basketball movie. What about Christmas movies? Um, Christmas movie. I'm actually born on Christmas. So my favorite movie would be The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. That's what my mom calls me. She calls me The Grinch. <laughs> so you get you get gypped on Christmas because you get you get one set of presents. You don't get two, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, typically, I, I get my presents and then I get one big present just for my birthday. I got gotcha. you. I've got a I've got an aunt who was born on Christmas and got married on Christmas. Mm. So <laughs> it was a triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what TV show or shows are you binging on right now? Um, most of the shows that I have been watching, I finished. But recently, I I just started probably two days ago. Um, TV show on Netflix called Kingdom, which deals with a lot of um, mixed martial arts and fighting. Gotcha, gotcha. Who was your first concert? When and where was that? Um, the first concert that I've ever been to was a 116 concert, which is um, gospel rap. So Lecrae, um, Andy Minio, um, my one of the ladies who I go to church with took me out there because she knew that I was into rap and I was in the church as well. So she thought that would be a great idea. And it was in downtown Atlanta. And it was a it was for, for it to be my first concert. It was definitely a, a shocking experience. Now, you mentioned Drake earlier, but who are some of the other people you like to listen to right now? Um, Lil Baby, Key Glock. Um, I, I love R&B as well. So listening to Trey Songs, Usher, um, Her, Kalani, a lot of those different ones as well. Gotcha. Um, if you need to have some time to yourself, where do you where do you go? Um, probably just my room um, and play video games just to help um, relieve my stress. If you could be on a game show, what game show would you want to be on? If I could be on a game show, I think I would go be on the challenge. Um, okay. That's it. It helps. It, it allows you to use your different skills, so physical abilities and all that different type of stuff. Either the challenge or survivor, one of those. Gotcha. What's your favorite place to go to dinner? Favorite place to go to dinner? Um, well, just favorite restaurant in general would be Cracker Barrel. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your uh, go-to karaoke song? Go to karaoke song. I don't. I haven't sang karaoke, and I don't know how long. So I don't really think I have one. Um, I know we used to play rock band a lot, and we used to do that. So um, I, the Tiger, growing up, 
I went to school at Archer, which was the Archer Tigers. So that was there one of my biggest songs back then. That's that's back in my era. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Instagram or TikTok? Are you are you even doing TikTok yet? Um, I'm big on Inst. I, I'm not really big on either, but I'm on Instagram more than I am on TikTok. I actually deleted TikTok. So did I. Uh, name three people, living or dead, who you'd want to go to dinner with. Okay. Um, Nick Blakely, LeBron James, and Anquan Bolden. Good trio. Good trio. Yeah. So let's let's talk football. What 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 do you think uh, the future holds for Stetson football this fall? What what are the goals and and where do you expect this team to be? Um, we're ready. So when to get in there and go play we're prepared um our goals is just to be as i said earlier just be one on one to know every week just making sure that we're, we're where we're supposed to be um executing our what we're supposed to be doing just everybody doing their jobs and not worrying about everybody else's job just making sure that we're 11 people on the field and all 11 people doing their job and we'll be successful i was going to ask you earlier but i didn't uh, didn't remember to do it how how have y'all been able to to merge the new guys the guys who haven't been on the field here yet into what you've been doing during the off season. So I know, especially for receivers, that we've had those new guys in our meetings and whatnot. But we also, as a team, which we've done this for many years, even even when I first came in, there's a, um we have a mentor and mentee program. So they pair they pair an older player with the incoming freshman, and that person helps them to get through the study guide for the books that we're reading, which is extreme ownership, just so that way they can get accustomed to the culture. And then for any type of questions that they have. Just being, just being able to give them the insight of when they were here, which I know I do a lot anyways when we do the player panels when those people come on their official visits. So who's your mentee? Who have you been working with? So my mentee right now is Tori Gaines, but I I talked to Coach Hughes a little bit earlier, so I'll be getting a, another mentee. So I have two mentees, but I don't gotcha. know his name yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, what are you most looking forward to when you can finally get back to campus and get back with your guys? Um, most looking forward to is just being able to go out there and compete. That's the biggest thing to me. Um, only thing I've been able to compete on right now, other than with myself and working out is just on video games, Right. being able to compete in person. Um, it's been a while since I've taken a hit. So I like to get out there and try to go give a hit instead of take one, but it'd definitely be interesting to get back out there. Well, I can't wait to get, see you get back out on the field and yeah. have tremendous success in this last year. And, uh, I know, uh, Great things lie ahead for you, no matter what you decide to do after you finish playing. But I'm looking forward to seeing how you do, and and uh, looking forward to seeing you play again. Looking forward to getting all the guys back. And yes, and sir, getting, I appreciate getting, that. Getting, getting things going again. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great when we get everybody back. Jeremiah, I really <laughs> appreciate you taking the time with me today to be on Hatter Chatter the podcast presented by Inside Credit Union, and uh, we look forward to seeing what you do this fall. Okay, thank you. And that'll do it for this edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I'd like to thank all of our corporate sponsors who make it possible for Stetson University and Stetson Athletics to provide our more than 400 student athletes a quality experience on the courts and fields of competition in the same way the faculty provides all Stetson University students a quality educational experience. Those sponsors include, of course, our presenting sponsor, Insight Credit Union. Other sponsors include Florida Public Utilities. Visit askforgas.com for more information. GEICO Insurance. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com to find out how. Advent Health. Visit westvolusia.com. 
Old Florida, new vibe. Coca-Cola Beverages of Florida, the Alliance Community for Retirement Living, Bud Light, the official beer of Stetson University, Florida Orthopedic Associates, if it hurts, see them first, Hampton Inn & Suites of Deland, ImageWorks, your one-stop corporate identity shop, Main Street Community Bank, familiar name, familiar faces, familiar bank, Morningstar Storage, the space you need, the way you want it. Orlando Sanford International Airport. Visit flysfb.com. Simpler, faster, better. Total Comfort, the name you can trust. And Weston Lake Mary Orlando North, for a better you. Thank you to all of our corporate sponsors.